Hey guys, Willie Mayette, creator of Jazz Edge. I want to welcome you to episode number 25 of the Confident Improviser podcast. Today, we are talking about enclosures and how they are the secret sauce of jazz improvisation. So today, you're going to learn how to create that bebop uh, improvisation sound using enclosures. I want to remind you this podcast is a companion podcast to The Confident Improviser, which can be found at jazzedge.com, or you can also go to theconfidentimproviser.com to learn more and to get replays. All right, so enclosures. So the, uh, oh, and before I go on, uh, I'm going to be going through some sheet music in this podcast episode. So remember, as a Jazz Edge member, you can get that right at the site. Just go ahead and log in there and you can uh, grab that sheet music. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about what an enclosure is. An enclosure is notes that move around to a target, all right? So if we have a target note, all right, uh, let's in this case take, well, let, let, let's use B, all right, because that's what we're doing in this example. So we have the note B here, right? So now there are different ways in which we can approach or enclose this note. So rather than just playing the B right away, we could go up a half step, play the C, then go a half step below the B to an A sharp, and then end at the B, right? So that's a half above, half below, to the target enclosure. Okay. Now, there are many different enclosures. I'm going to go through several of them with you here today. The question, though, is why do you utilize enclosures? So let's step back for a second and really think about the different elements of improvisation and the notes and ingredients that we have available to us as improvisers and their function. So typically, we start our improvisation utilizing maybe a short scale, you know, just a few notes, or a lot of times we will start with chord tones. And you can think of your chord tones as being the boulders, all right? So those are boulders in your construction. Big, you know, they don't, uh, they don't fit together perfectly. There's a lot of space in between them, right? So the chord tones, again, are the notes of the chord. So if I have a C7 chord, the chord tones are going to be C, E, G, and B flat. So we can start by improvising, utilizing those chord tones. So I could... So all of those notes work, it sounds fine, but it doesn't sound super jazzy just yet, does it? So then the next step after that is to start to utilize scales. So we might play our C7 chord and we might play something like, like a C mixolydian scale or a C blues scale or even C minor pentatonic scale. And there's a, some other scales that we can utilize as well. But the main thing to note is that, okay, we have our chord tones and then we can move on to our scales. Now in our construction example, the scales are like sand. The sand fills in a lot of the space in between the boulders, but there is still more space to be filled, right? And this is where enclosures come in. Enclosures, now, as we start to mix them along with scales, we start to get these sounds that sound like Right? You can hear a lot more chromaticism in that line now, right? Now, chromaticism means that we're moving from the next note up or down the very next note. So if I start on C, then C sharp, then D, then D sharp, then E, then F, that's chromatic, right? So chromaticism is the smallest interval that we have at the piano, 
right? So we can only go a half step on the piano. Now, if you're a violinist or a piano or a uh, bass player or a string instrument or even a uh, horn instrument, you know, you could get kind of in the cracks there. You know, you get your quarter tones and stuff, but we don't have that luxury at the piano unless we use one of these these pitch bends over here, but we're really not gonna be doing that, right? So our half step is the smallest interval that we have available to us on the piano, and that interval gives us our chromatic scale, right? So being the smallest interval, being the chromatic scale, that is now like water being filled in in between the boulders and the sand. Right? So our enclosures start to, to really allow us to create lines that sound much more complex. All right, so let's go through the different enclosures. I'm going to run through them relatively quickly right now. Remember, they are in the TCI exercise number 22 and number 23. So if you need um, the, uh, to see all of the enclosures and you want uh, you know, a little bit more uh, in-depth uh, tutorial on that, check out exercise 22 and 23 in the Confident Improviser lesson. All right, so let's go through each one of these. Again, in this case, I'm just targeting the, no the note B. The target can be any note. It doesn't matter what the note is, right? Typically, we're going to target a note of the chords. Right? So in this case, I'm targeting, targeting, like I said, the note B, right? Just for an example. So we have a half step above, half step below to a B. So that's a C, uh, B flat, or A sharp, going to a B. And then we can go half below, half above to the target. So that would be B flat to the C, then down to regular B, all right? So A sharp, C to B, all right? So that's a half above to half below to the target, or half below, half above to the target. Now, it's a little bit confusing, especially when I'm saying half above, half below, and all that. Just remember, you're just doing the inverse, right? So if you started a half step above, then went a half step below to the target, well, you're just switching that around. Going a half step below, up a half step, then to the target, right? There are going to be 12 of them in, uh, in total right now. We've just done two. The next one, half above, double chromatic from below to the target. So it would be a C, then A, A sharp, B, right? Double chromatic means that we have two chromatic tones in succession, right? Then we could do half uh, from below, so B flat or A sharp, right? Then go double chromatic from above. Then that would be D flat, C, B. Then we can do the double chromatic from above, Double chromatic from below, that would start on D flat, C, then go A, A sharp to B. And we can switch that around, do the double chromatic from below, then double chromatic from above. There we have A, A sharp, D flat, C, B. Okay? All right, so now that's half of them. Let's go through, and then uh, what I did is, you know, put these red boxes here just so you could visually see which notes are the targets. All right, so the next part, all right, part two of the enclosures is this time I'm going to approach the note G just to show you how you can approach a different note. You don't have to always approach the same note. Now we can, this time we're adding in whole steps, right? So we can go a whole above, so A, half below, F sharp to the G. Or we could do half below, F sharp, whole above, A, to the target, G. We could do a whole from above, double chromatic from below to the target. So A, F, F sharp, G. 
we can switch that around. Do a whole step from below, double chromatic from above. So F, A, A flat, G. We can do a, this one is kind of interesting. We can do a whole step from above, double chromatic from below, then go back to our whole step from above. So we have A, F, F sharp, A, G. And then we can switch that one around as well. F, A, A flat, F, G. So it's a whole step from below, double chromatic from above, back to a whole step from below to the target. All right, so now with all of these different enclosures, uh, there's a couple of uh, important points to remember. Number one, this is not all of it, right? I mean, like you could come up with different enclosures and different patterns and, you know, maybe even do like, you know, like stuff like that in which you're combining them together. So don't look at these 12 as being, oh, that's the be all end all. If I just practice these 12, I get all of it. No, but if you practice these 12 or at least practice some of these and get the concept down, oh, you're going to be so much further ahead when it comes to uh, your improvisation. All right. So this really does help. But just know that there are other permutations or other possibilities out there for enclosures. This is just a really, really good start for you. All right. The other thing to note is that um, when you're practicing these enclosures, you know, remember, uh, like, you don't have to go through every single enclosure in all 12 keys. I mean, like, as you can see, light would be a lot of work, especially when you're trying to approach, you know, all of these different chord qualities and so on. So my suggestion instead is to take a couple of different chord qualities. I'm going to show you how to practice this over a dominant seventh chord. Try working through the enclosures. And remember, this is just going to take time to wash over you and to really learn over months and months and years to come. Okay. So don't rush that process. All right. So now let's take a look at an example line here. I'm going to play a C7 chord in the left hand, just a root three seven. And I'm just going to play this simple example right here. This is using the scale alone. This is my mixolydian scale. Again. One more time. So, not a bad line. That's fine. Those notes absolutely work. Um, now, of course, the F natural hitting on beat three, well, you know, that's not really great, okay, because it's uh, not a chord tone and it's hitting on a strong beat. Well, look at what happens now if I change the line around and I start to utilize my enclosures. I could change around where that F hits. Take a listen to this. Again. Now, it's for you to decide which line do you think sounds better? Which one sounds more interesting, sounds jazzier, sounds like a better improvised line? Take a listen to the first one again. Second one. Now, to my ears, the second line definitely sounds a little bit more interesting than the first one. The first one is just kind of like playing that mixolydian scale down and up. The second one utilizes these enclosures. 
Okay. Now, since this is a podcast, I'm not going to go through and, and say every single note that's being played. All right. But in that second line, what I'm doing here is doing a double chromatic leading down to the G, right? Then I go a half step above the E, right? Which is the third of my C7 chord. That's an F. Then I go down to D, D sharp, and then lead up to the E, right? So it's utilizing these different enclosures to create a line that's a little bit more interesting. Now, it's not just to create a more interesting line. It's also so that when we have one chord that's playing for a measure or two measures or three or four measures, what do we play during that time? The enclosures allow us to extend our lines and make our lines sound more interesting by utilizing the chromaticism. Okay. Again, remember, in this line right here, our chromaticism, C, B flat, A, A flat, G, right? Right, bring in that A flat. Bring in the D sharp up to the E, then F, F sharp, A, G. Right, so we got, we got some chromatic notes in there, those half steps in there that create that tension that then gets resolved. Remember, that's what improvisation is all about. Tension and then resolution. Tension, then resolution. All right, so let's talk about how to practice this. Here is one practice example. Okay, let me go through it slowly and let me explain it to you so that you can uh, understand how to practice this. First of all, in the left hand, all I'm doing is I'm playing a C7 shell voicing. This is a root 3 7 voicing. This has the C, the E, and the B flats, right? That's all I'm playing in the left hand. If I want to take out the E in there and just play C and B flat, that would be absolutely fine as well. If I'm a little bit more advanced and I want to play like my rootless chords, and uh, you know, either three note rootless chords or four note rootless chords that you just learned in the previous podcast episodes, those Bill Evans voicings, sure, go ahead. You can do that as well. I find though, I like the, the root three seven because you get the root sound of the chord, the guide tones which define the chord, and it keeps it nice and open so that you can kind of hear the way these enclosures work on each of these notes. All right, so now what you're going to do is you're going to notice that uh, we are going to approach, we are going to approach each one of our chord tones, all right? And I just noticed, Just notice one mistake in the music, which I'm going to fix, right? But I will explain it to you right now anyway. All right, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to play in that root 3-7 uh, voicing in the left hand. In the right hand, I'm going to start with my half above, half below to my target notes, okay? So the half above, half below to a target note. The target note is going to be all of my chord tones. So that means I'm going to go a half step above and again, for those of you that can't see what I'm playing, my chord tones for C7 are C, E, G, and B flat. So I'm going to target each one of these chord tones. The C, the E, the B flat, I'm sorry, the C, the E, the G, and the B flat, okay? All right, so let's start first of all by going a half step above C, then a half step below C, and a resolve to C. Then I go a half step above E, which is F, half step below E, which is D sharp, and a resolve to E. Then I go a half step above G, which is G sharp or A flat, right? Then half step below to F sharp, then to G. Then a half step above and below B flat, which would be B, A, B flat, and then half step above below to C, which would be C sharp, B, 
and then C natural. Then I'm going to come down in reverse order. So then I'm going to go half below, half above, then to the target. So then I'm going to go B, D flat, C, and then A, B, B flat, and then F sharp, A flat, G, and then E flat, F, E, and then B, D flat, C. Now take, take a listen to how this sounds, you know, when I'm playing this more in time. Sorry. Now you might wonder, like, well, so how does that sound when I start to utilize that in my improvisation? All right, so you can start to hear those enclosures in there as I start to outline those notes of the chord, and I can get some neat sounds. Okay, it's a lot, uh, it sounds a lot more interesting than just... Right, just playing that Mixolydian scale over and over again. Okay? So these enclosures are super, super powerful in your improvisation. This is just one way of practicing the enclosure. Right? I just did the half below, half above, right? That's it. Well, don't forget, you could do the double chromatics. And then from below. You can mix them up. Half above, double chromatic from below. Half below, double chromatic from above. Now, one thing you're going to notice is that fingering-wise, you're going to probably get jammed up now and, now and again, right? Because it's a little bit tricky. So one thing I would definitely suggest that you practice along with this exercise is your chromatic scale. Just with the right hand, I'm going to go up each note, right? So that's C, C sharp, D, D sharp, E, F, F sharp, G, G sharp, A, A sharp, B, C, right? And keep going. The fingering is one, three, one, three, one, two on the F, three on the F sharp, then back to one, three, one, two, I'm uh, sorry, one, three on the B flat, and then one on B, two on C, then uh, C sharp is your middle finger and so on and so forth. So again, starting on C, it's one, three, one, three, one, two, three, one, three, one, three, one, two, three, okay? So you're gonna hit one, two, three on the E, F, F sharp, and you're gonna hit one, two, three on the B, C, C sharp, okay? All right, so we have gone through a lot today. Uh, it might be a little bit confusing. I know it's kind of difficult, especially if you're just listening to this podcast episode. But the more that you can think about these enclosures and think about the theory behind it away from the piano, the easier it's going to be for you to be able to lock it in to your hands so you can actually play this stuff when it comes time to improvise. All right, so that's it for me. Thanks for joining me, guys, and I will see you in the next podcast episode.